This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. Three nasty farmers, one clever fox, and lots of planometric symmetrical shots. It's Fantastic Mr. Fox, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. As we have mentioned, we are not mentioned, but as you know, we wrapped up the Lord of the Rings series and we're moving back into regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Uh, getting back to a children's book this week with a rolled doll feature, The Fantastic Mr. Fox. We had a bunch of heavy reading over the past month, couple mm-hmm. months, so we decided to go with something a little lighter. Yeah, it was, it was nice to have something that I could read in like an afternoon. Yeah. Unlike any of the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have most of our normal segments. We're going to start with Let Me Sum Up. We don't have a guess who in this one because of the nature of the book, I would assume. There are descriptions of the farmers, but they're like verbatim From the in movie. the movie. So, so I thought that seemed yeah, pointless. Be a little redundant. But yeah. I also didn't want to try to make you remember which farmers I would not were remember which, I know. which was which. I would <laughs> it not. seems unfair. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to get into our first segment. Let me sum up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. What is the book Fantastic Mr. Fox about? All right. Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. Mr. Fox lives in a hole under a tree with his wife and children. Every night, he steals their supper from one of the three local farmers who are famous for being mean and stupid. Eventually, the farmers figure out where Mr. Fox lives. They try to shoot him, and when that fails, they try to dig him out. But Mr. Fox and his family can dig faster and get away. Deep underground, they meet other animals who are trapped in the tunnels due to the farmer's fanatical murder mission. Mr. Fox realizes that they can all burrow up directly underneath the farms and get more than enough food, so that's what they do. Everyone decides to stay underground forever, and the farmers are left standing around the hole they made, telling themselves that Mr. Fox will come out any minute now. All right, so that was the book. Uh, the movie, I'll try to do briefly. Um, <laughs> I'll try to do briefly. It's not very complicated. Uh, fox, Mr. Fox, is a store, uh, is a, wolf, a fox, a wolf, is a fox <laughs> who lives in a hole under a tree uh, with his family, although initially in the, pre- the, the prologue of the film, uh, the cold open, um, he doesn't have a family. We're introduced to him as a fox thief with his wife. Uh, he finds out she's pregnant and then she has to, he tells him he has to get a different job. He settles down as a newspaper writer. They have a, little, a, a son um, and they, they have family. Uh, but the fox can't uh, outgrow his old ways, uh, decides to get back into thieving, um, especially after they buy a new house. 
because he wants to move out from underground. He, he has these he has these dreams and these notions of living above ground and being uh, more than his father was was in terms of you know not being so poor and that sort of thing. Um, so he wants to move above ground. He buys a house with apparently the money that they ha- I don't understand. It's a small detail, but I was like, I, they just said how poor they were, and then they buy this big fancy house that I guess it's because it's in a bad part of town because it's right across from the farmers. I don't know. Don't know how they afforded it. Doesn't matter. Um, they buy a house now. They're living in a tree uh, above ground, kind of or whatever. Uh, he but he wants to thieve things because he does still. He just does, and so he does. He moves in across from these farmers, and he goes on a robbing spree with his friend, the mole named Kylie, I believe. Uh, and they rob all these guys eventually one of the last ones they rob he ends up getting shot his tail gets knocked off uh he ends up hiding underground but then the the uh the farmers in the town or whatever all like rally around to try to exterminate the creatures under the ground particularly a fox uh and so there's uh, some hijinks with that with them flooding their holes that they're in um Basically, the fox's uh, greed for or desire to live his old uh, thieving life has now put the entire community of animals in jeopardy, uh, and they have to band together, uh, use their various strengths to help defeat the farmers. Uh, kind of, they they I think they basically just find some sewers um, to to live in underneath the farmers, even though they were already in tunnels under the. I don't know. I didn't like this movie, but we'll get to that. Um, it just did nothing for me, but uh, which maybe that will be controversial. I don't know. Um, but uh, so they end up finding some sewers to live in. And the moral of the story is live in sewers. The end. I don't <laughs> I don't get this movie, but we'll get to that. We don't have a guess who. Uh, so let's move right in. to was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? All right, Katie, I have questions. Yes, you do. Um, I don't know how many of these will be good questions, but I had them. Um, this, I want to preface this again by saying this movie did very little for me. I don't know why. I was expecting to quite enjoy it, and I, I've liked a fair number of Wes Anderson's movies, Mm -hmm. but this one did almost nothing for me in any way other than it looked kind of neat, but we'll talk about that more. So there's stuff that I may ask that I don't know. I don't know how to get into this. Um, We'll just go into the questions. I was really disappointed by this overall as an experience. Uh, Is the Fox a former uh, chicken thief, current newspaper writer who has aspirations of, leaving his humble hole in the ground um no he is a fox who steals chickens and other livestock because he is a fox um i mean he also wears a little vest and a jacket in the book but that's because it's a kid's book okay so so he doesn't because that felt like this was part of the message in the movie but i couldn't parse what the message was yeah i I had a similar with issue. this particular thing of like he's this fox who wants to he, they're poor but they're happy but he wants to move to a nicer place uh, above ground but at the same time that he wants to overcome sort of his 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 foxness by living in holes in the grounds because she says that's what foxes do he mm-hmm. also is 
unable to escape his fox nature to hunt and steal chickens or whatever, even though he's been doing that the whole time. And, but he doesn't seem any... De- I was very confused at what this message was of, I want to oh, I, I, I be more than my my the the sort of fox living in a hole thing like we're not we can be better than that we can live above ground in a nice house and not be poor but also while this is all going on he just seemingly reverts back to his fox like nature of stealing chickens that he decided he would stop doing when he started a family but now he reverts back to that because it's just in his nature but he's also actively defiling defying his nature of 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 living in a hole in the ground by moving above ground but also his is his name is is it is the message of this movie don't try to be something you're not or is it do, do, do being that thing that you were that was bad is bad okay let me try i don't get this movie and i hated it i'm super i don't i, I didn't hate it i just it made me i'm sorry i shouldn't have cursed because it's a kid's episode maybe This movie made me really like nothing Uh and it just was really annoying because I expected it to be so much more than it was for me. It did nothing for me. Um, And I don't understand it. I I just don't get what the point of the movie is. Okay. I'm sorry. I got derailed right away, (laughs) but I just don't understand the point of the movie. It, it, it was so frustrating because I felt like I should be getting something heartwarming and interesting. Like it shouldn't be a complicated message because it's a kid's movie basically. Uh But I felt like the, the message just was a mess and I didn't understand it. And I was frustrated that I didn't get what the movie was trying to tell us. And cause it should be obvious because it's for kids. Okay. Here's what I think. I agree with you. I think the messaging is a mess. I don't think that's on you, though. I know. I, I Okay, good. Because it, it felt like it was. Because I felt like it should be easy and obvious. Or I don't know. And maybe there's not a message in the book. So there's like, not, ma- really. Okay. There's not. Or like not a... There, you don't yeah. think there's an overt message no, in the book? No, I don't. Okay. Um, and the movie, I think, maybe tried to kind of, like, copy-paste in a message, but it wasn't very good at, like, either deciding exactly what it wanted that message to be and or it couldn't quite get, like, the through lines that it needed in order to have a payoff for, like, a message or a theme. Here, here, let me let me try to suss this down real. I think I figured out what drove me crazy about at least some of the messaging is that so and I tried to explain this and I failed once already, but I'm going to try again real quick. We have simultaneously this thing going on where he's happy as a poor fox living in a hole and ultimately and, and that story where and his wife's like, no, we're happy living in the hole. We don't need to live above ground and be different. We can just be happy foxes living in holes. And he's like, no, I want more than that. And then but at the end of the story. That storyline wraps up with them just being happy living underground in holes together as animals. And they have each other and they're happy. They're not particularly rich, but they kind of are because of the grocery store, but whatever. So that's the story seems to be his aspirations of moving above ground are are potentially wrong mm-hmm. headed. And so they end up not moving above so that they end up still living underground. And look, we can just be happy together. We don't need riches or whatever. But then also, so that's him. So the message there is know your role, stay in your lane. 
right? Mm-hmm. Or, or not stay in your lane so much as uh, wealth isn't everything, you know, that sort of message. Uh, st- st- the sort of nature of living in the hole in the ground of being what foxes do is fine and works out for them. But then also we have this storyline of the whole reason that all of these terrible things happen to everybody is because the fox falls into his nature of being a fox and hunting chickens and stealing chickens and, and, and pestering these farmers. And that his actions of doing that mm-hmm. cause all sorts of mayhem for everybody. And he has to learn to not be so selfish. But those almost seem like they're running contradictory to each other in my head. Those two mm-hmm. themes almost seem contradictory. Now, I guess you could argue that the point, the message is that his sort of his sort of selfish need to to do whatever he wanted of which which in one hand is move above ground and live in a tree. And on the other hand is to be more like a fox and hunt chickens. I guess the message is that his self don't be selfish or something. I don't know. I, it just, it, I, you know, I felt similarly to how I felt watching, um, spirited away, which I know that movie is considered, and I want to watch it again, but that movie did very little for me because I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I felt like, What's what is the message here? And maybe there's not a message, but it felt like and now again, I need to rewatch that one for sure. I just maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind when we watched it. I don't know. But I just I, it felt similar to that in that it's this kids movie that seems like it should have a nice I'm, I'm a sucker for these types of stories. I love Kubo. I love that have a sort of simple message that that is, that is well told and that kids can watch and get something out of. I like and I enjoy those kind of movies. And this felt I felt so infuriated watching this movie. I don't know. I'm sorry. We need to. I. I. I okay. probably should have talked about this all later, it's but I had okay. to get. I had. I just. I can tell that you were not um, on board with this one, and I wanted to. Like, I fully went into this movie expecting to find it delightful, and mm-hmm. I didn't even laugh that much. I laughed a few times. Like, I, I expected to find it delightful and heartwarming. I didn't care about any of the characters particularly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't find myself, especially like George Clooney's character, the the fox. He's just a jerk. Mm-hmm. like a selfish jerk and he kind of learns to be a bit less of a selfish jerk at the end and like hooray and i like i i don't know if it was the animation style or what but i like i cried during kubo like three times when mm-hmm. we saw it in theaters this movie did nothing for me i it, like i i didn't even get close to having an emotional reaction like at all mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know i it was weird. It was a weird experience because, again, I went in fully expecting to like en- thoroughly enjoy and love this movie, and it's got great re- it's got great reviews. It's got like ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Like I don't, I and we heard from quite a few people who were like really excited yeah. to hear us talk about. Yeah, this and that's why I feel bad. Movie. Is that, but I just, I know I feel bad too because I I, I just didn't did do much nothing for me, for me, and I'm like wondering what I missed or what happened. Again, it, it's it's fantastic to look at. Like it's it's. It looks like a Wes Anderson movie, so, you know, in terms of, like, the style, other than the stop-motion animation. But, uh, it, you know, it's it's cool to look at. It's a clever visual stuff going on, and it's really neat. But, like, story-wise, did nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got to cut it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Are there three evil farmers, and do they each have their own thing that they eat? Yes, that is all the same from the book. So there's one that eats donuts, stuffed one that eats pate, stuff, yes. stuff with pate. There's one that eats 
ch- through 12, like chickens, 12 a day. chickens a day yeah there's one that drinks the, the cider, spi- uh, yeah. apple cider yep cool is the book like a heist story? Now, the, now the whole movie is not a heist story, but like uh-huh. the first act, the second act, kind yeah. of, it's like a heist story. With, Tasty. Tasty, with George Clooney uh, narrating heists, mm-hmm. which is fun because it's Ocean's Eleven. Clooney, yeah. Well, and and it's it's very reminiscent of him in Ocean's Eleven narrating the heist scenes and stuff. And t- mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, very clearly what kind of one of the reasons they cast George Clooney. But um, was is that. What goes on in the book? Is there like the heisty stealing of chicken um, scenes? I that? would say no. The book does evolve into like a sort of plot to steal a bunch of the farmer's goods, kind of. But I wouldn't call it a heist because we, we don't have that kind of like heist format right. of like planning it out planning ahead it of out time. And, and oh, here we have our demolitions right. expert and our acrobat and whatever else you have for a heist. Which I haven't seen enough heist particularly movies. do in I mean, the they movie. do that a little bit at yeah. the end. Well, yeah, the but yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's less of a heist. Yeah, but yes. Um, but I, the movie, I think, kind of takes that tiny little kernel of an idea of there could be a heist and just right. like dials it up and really yeah. leans into it. Okay. Uh, is there a subplot where Christofferson, who's like uh, the nephew of, mm-hmm. uh, of the Fox and his wife comes to stay with them? Uh, and it's this, uh, so whole jealousy thing, um, because Fox's son, uh, Ash is super jealous mm-hmm. because, uh, his dad doesn't particularly, um, isn't particularly like proud of him because he's not like traditionally athletic or whatever, traditionally athletic or any of those sorts of things. But whereas Christofferson is. And so there's this sort of B plot in the movie about uh, a father learning to like love his son and respect him for his own skills and that sort of thing, which was like the best part of the movie to me. But Mm -hmm. um, is that from the book, that subplot? No, Uh, the foxes have four kits. Um, but none of them are named. Okay, and Just, and and nobody comes. Their cousin no, doesn't nobody come to comes visit. to visit. Is is there any sort of subplot at all with the sort of interpersonal relationships between the fox and his kids? No. Okay, that's yeah. All right. Whack bat, the game whack bat, which was a fun scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that in the book where they play the game whack bat and quirkily explain the rules? No, it's not from the book. Okay. Cause I, oh, well, that then ruins the second part. The second part, I wanted to know if there was a drawing that said home versus stray on the scoreboard because I thought that was clever. I enjoyed that. There is not, but I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> yeah. Like a cute detail. Does Fox get his tail shot off by the farmers on uh, upon stealing some stuff and trying to escape? Yes, that is directly from the book. They shoot off his tail. Is that like, okay. It uh, happens on like page five. Oh, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Um, do they then, after that moment, have to create some sort of underground refugee camp to hide from the farmers after the farmers go to war against the fox slash all the animals? Um. Yeah, sort of. There. I don't know if I would call it a refugee camp like they showed in the movie. But they do like they're they end up underground and then they run into a bunch of other like forest creatures who have also been trapped underground because of this. Okay. And and in the book, is it all like, uh, is it the fox's fault that all of these that the farmers are now 
causing issues for all of these. Well, if you I, had to, I guess this is my question. If you had to like give, I know you said there's not like an overt message, but is there, there's got to be some sort of subtle message to the story about something. It, it's a kid's book. There has to be, right? So like what I would think, maybe there's not, but. Honestly, I wouldn't say that there is. Really? Uh, really. That's astonishing. It's a very sparse, very simple story about a clever fox who pulls one over on these three farmers by being more clever than they are. And so he he steals much stuff or he steals mm-hmm. chickens or whatever and then they start going after him. And, and then they all end up underground. And then he's like, okay, the scene in the movie where they burrow up into all of the individual farmers' yeah. storehouses, and then they go back, and they're all going to have a feast. Yeah. That's where the book ends. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, there isn't yeah, particularly... Yeah, there's not a particularly like, a message. They just burrow in... Okay. <sighs> like... I, there's not really a message. There's not really a moral. If I was going to teach this book, yeah, I would probably um, like pull in some kind of like, oh, let's have like a philosophical discussion about stealing, and like we know that stealing's wrong, but why is it okay in this context of this story? Right. But there's not like a moral message about. That. Okay. So, but is there? Is, does this? Does the book establish at all the farmers like? Um, because I felt like the movie didn't do this, and I mm-hmm. could be wrong. I, I, mean, I mean, there's a little bit of an allusion to it, but does the book imply at all that the farmers are like encroaching their lands and like they're running, their resources are scarce because of the farmers or something? Because no. I didn't get really get that feeling in the movie, which was what would have made me feel like things made more. Like I would have at least been able to draw a little bit of something out of that of about. Mm-hmm. Uh, industrialization or um i think that could have been an interesting uh, you know conservation and that sort of thing yeah um but that's that's not in the book Um, but it just seems like the animals are living their own fine lives and the farmers are doing their own thing and it doesn't seem to be that impacting each other very much in a way that is interesting to me in the movie and i yeah well here's where i think maybe it works a little better in the book we're like totally off the rails from our usual segments here, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, um, I don't know. So in the in the movie, he moves into that neighborhood and just like randomly starts stealing from these three farmers. In the book, he's been at this forever. Okay, like he's been stealing from them consistently, right. Yeah, for like years. Gotcha. Okay. But so that does still doesn't really authors write stories that mean matter. That's my I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay, know. Can we not give Roald Dahl like this one gimme? Uh, yeah, sure. He's I, I got a lot of I other read books it. with messages. I didn't read it, so I don't know. I just, and then that's fine. If I I guess. And, and and you know what? Maybe I was coming into it the wrong way, expecting something interesting. <laughs> no, and I mean that in a way of like, maybe I came into it like when I came into it expecting Kubo and the Two Strings uh-huh. or Mary and Max, which have so much to say about mm-hmm. life 
and death and all these interesting topics and they make you think and they're incredibly emotionally moving and I was expecting that and I felt like I got the the worst Wes Anderson movie that I've seen like in terms of like saying anything like and Wes Anderson movies to be fair aren't particularly like uh, the masters of uh, or masterpieces of like moral storytelling or like like that's not really what Wes Anderson tends to be about but I've always felt like I've been able to get something out of the movies more than in this one, which, again, the only storyline that really meant and felt like it did anything emotionally for me was the the uh, the father son uh, cousin or whatever mm-hmm. uh, storyline that felt like it had at least some initial setup, rising um, character growth and resolution and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was all perfect, but I felt like at least there was something there. Whereas the rest of the plot, I felt like was just watching things happen and I didn't care because I felt like no attachment in terms of like, what, what does this all mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, what are we trying to say about society or about this world that they live in? It just felt like these things happened and and where you can derive any sort of meaning from the story in the movie, I felt like it was the message at the end of the movie was literally be happy living underground and kind of being poor or something. Like be happy with what you have. Be happy with what you have, which is a weird, I don't think particularly good message anyways. Uh-huh. But but again, it's not be happy with what you have because what they have in that they live and end up living in the sewers, but then they go up and steal from the grocery store, this like bountiful heavenly grocery store that has everything they could ever want. They can go up there and steal from it. So they, I, I, I just didn't somebody write me, uh, uh somebody make some, somebody explain to me what this movie is supposed to mean or why it's supposed to matter. I want to, and I, I don't mean that negatively. I would love to know what I missed. Like mm-hmm. if somebody could ex- come succinctly kind of explain what I missed about this movie because I I felt like I missed something. I don't know. Anyways, um, uh, this line in the movie is a weird line that is not resolved. I feel like in any way whatsoever. Right. Uh-huh. Well, so at one point in the movie uh, in sort of the disagree or it, it, uh, Fox and his wife are kind of arguing about stuff and she says to him. I love you too, but I shouldn't have married you. Mm-hmm. Now I assume that line's not in the book. It's not. Am I crazy that that line in the movie does not get resolved in any meaningful way? No, it doesn't. Because that felt like a, I was like, ooh, this could be an interesting thing that goes somewhere about people maybe just not being right for each other or something, but they just end up together at the end and they're fine. Yeah. Right? No, that's how yeah, it ends, right? Yeah. So what was the point of that? That was such a, I was like, ooh, movie, maybe going to give me something interesting here. She's like, I love you, but I shouldn't have married you. Are we going to explore this in some way? And then I felt like it didn't explore it. And I was like, okay, okay. I don't, I don't know. And I, it kind of does make me wonder, like, how many writers actually worked on this. Apparently it was only like two. It was Wes Anderson and I I can't remember, Noah something was the other screenwriter. I I don't know. Because I do think... I, having read the book, I do think that maybe it would be a little bit difficult to flesh out in a way that is meaningful or interesting. Um, 
And I think maybe in some aspects they did what they could. Yeah. I but did, I, as I want to stress, I didn't hate the movie. I, I guess I kind of did in a, in the sense of like, I hate what I, ex- based on my expectations, I hated uh-huh. it. But I didn't hate the movie. Like overall watching it was not like a fine experience. Like I didn't mm-hmm. hate the the act of sitting through it but i just uh, sitting back and reflecting on it and then thinking about it after we got done watching it i just the more and more i thought on it, i was like i i felt like i just didn't get anything out of it which was really disappointing because i i fully expected to mm-hmm. um and that's one of those lines where it's like that was an interesting thing in the moment to me in the movie that could be done that could go down an interesting avenue and i felt like it just didn't go anywhere and then it was again. They just end up together and in love and fine at the end of the movie, and she's pregnant again, and so they're yeah. happy. And it, but I don't know. Anyways, moving on. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The evil snapping security rat that works for the farmers. Farmers in the book, uh, he's played by uh, or in the movie, he's played by uh, oh, somebody really weird. It's not Christopher Walken, but it's somebody like that. Anyways, uh, that rat, the security rat. The security rat. Um, they do meet an evil and drunk rat when they steal cider in the book, but he doesn't work for Bean, the farmer, um, nor does he snap. Uh, okay, because he snaps a lot in, yeah. the, in the movie. Uh, also on that note, does he die in the book? Um, not that we're aware of. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Then uh, we get this line in the movie. Uh, all of our, as they're uh, they're down in the bottom, underneath in the sewers, and they're deciding that they're going to fight back or something mm-hmm. um, against the farmers. And they and and Fox says, "You know what? All of our differences make us special and stronger." And I was this in the book that line or that message? And now we talked about that. Probably not because the mess. You said there was no overt message yeah. like that in the movie or in the book. But in the movie, I felt like this line kind of came out of nowhere not it came out of nowhere but it felt like this wasn't this message wasn't built to in any meaningful way right well it did feel like a little bit like they were trying to squeeze in a message at the very end without having built the through lines yeah. and and i think i feel like maybe they tried to build that through line with his son yeah that was the and goal like, i think yeah for sure. like feeling like he was different but the problem that i had with it was that it wasn't really demonstrated that he was very different i agree completely he just kind of seemed like an awkward kid a kind of an awkward kid yeah. i agree completely that their whole like you're different and their hand emotion thing that they did i was like well we're not seeing all these ways that he's different mm-hmm. like he's not particularly good at sports but okay a but lot okay, of people aren't. most people yeah a lot yeah. of people aren't and he's not um but that's like it and he's kind of quiet maybe he's kind of like quiet like the strangest thing about him was that he's in his underwear all the time. Yeah, and he wears a cape. Like and uh, yeah, and like sometimes, but like he, I, I, yeah. And now I don't know if they were going. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for necessarily specifically there, but it did feel like he. They didn't do a good job demonstrating this yeah. of him being this like completely. Uh, yeah, unique. he came off to me as just like kind of an awkward kid, and maybe it would have helped to know like how old he was supposed to be. Yeah, but. Like, in relation to, like, human years. Right, right, right. Maybe that. Cool, because they say two years later, and it's 12. So he's supposed to be, like, 12. Like, 12. Because they say, like, 12 Fox years. I feel like that's years. still well within the realm of, like, you're just an awkward kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt the same thing, because I think they said 12 Fox years when they I said two years right. later. I think you're right, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he didn't. He just seemed kind of like an awkward kid, and it didn't. He didn't. I just didn't see because I guess they maybe didn't express to me what his skills were that his dad was oversee over right. overlooking anyways. Well, and the or something. <laughs> the big problem, the like the big moment where we were supposed to see him being different and like that paying off for him was when he gets his cousin out of the cage. Yeah, but. He doesn't get him out of the cage because he has, like, some kind of talent or skill or whatever or some kind of, like, different thing that makes him special and uh, stronger. Yeah. He just messes up the karate kick and the yeah. cage falls. Yeah. Well, and he also, there's a moment, and it's a fun moment, and I like it. And I, there is, there's, there's elements of this paying off. Like, and he talks about, uh, there's a moment where he can get into some place because he's small. And he has that moment yeah. where he, the camera pans up, he goes, because I'm small or whatever. And it's kind of a fun, like, cute moment. Um, but it, I, I think they just didn't do a good enough job setting up. The, the this moment in the movie mm-hmm. and maybe even I think it just needed a more diverse setup with more characters or we needed to see some sort of strife within the world about the differences between the animals yeah a la um yeah. uh, uh Zootopia or something yeah that's the message of Zootopia is right basically right. is that um, uh Judy Hopps or whatever right we're it, all different we're all different but we can all we can all work together work and together. our differences mean that we can accomplish more right things. and and Zootopia does it beautifully and like mm-hmm. really well and this movie just kind of like gives us that message at the end and I would rather I would just wish I just want to go watch Zootopia like eight times instead of this movie but um, Zootopia is an infinitely better movie than this one. So I do not. Do I know what your movie rack is going to be? Yeah, no, time? that's a true straight up. That's the movie rack. If you want that <laughs> message of like animals, we're all different, but we and but and see Zootopia comments on so much stuff though. This mm-hmm. movie comments on nothing. It comments on nothing. Like it, I was trying to like figure out if there was some sort of uh, interesting like leftist reading of it of of the of like them as workers but it doesn't i don't think it adds up i couldn't i i was trying to delve into my head and find something that worked and again maybe i'm just missing it but i couldn't I find any interesting commentary I, I don't know if there's anything there to see well if that's the case that's the most privileged bullshit perfectly encapsulates wes anderson honestly as a filmmaker to just not comment on anything interesting in your movie about like differences and and power uh struggles between i don't know i just felt like there was yeah go go watch utopia that movie has something to say i mean it's corporate <laughs> overlord <laughs> you know uh, art but it is, at least has something to say yeah yeah anyways uh, do the f- animals firebomb the city? They do not. That was interesting. They yeah. just start burning down the city that they live under. Yeah. And I don't understand why, because I thought just the farmers were the problem, but they just start lighting like the baker's house on fi- like his bakery <laughs> shop on fire and stuff. And I was like, <sighs> OK, maybe we're going to go somewhere interesting with this. But they just put out the fires and move on. I thought maybe there was going to be something going on about, like, taking out their aggression on the wrong people. I don't even know. I was hoping for some something in this movie, and I, they never gave me anything, I feel like. But 
Uh, the wolf encounter. That was weird. What was that about? At the end of this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, have that in, I don't know. I have that in another. The like, whole fox. The fox has been t- mentioned that he's scared of wolves throughout the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, they see a wolf on the on the hill and they have like a moment. Mm-hmm. And then they just move on. And the fox says something about good luck on your trap. I don't know. He says something like he just, he's over his fear of wolves or whatever. Yeah. Um. Again, I don't understand what about his journey has led him to that, but I don't know. But sure, it's not in the book. It's not in the book. Okay, the whole wolf moment's no. not in the book. Okay. Uh, it also made me wonder if that was like some weird, like super, because I I have not seen Isle of Dogs, mm-hmm. but it's uh it's Wes Anderson and I think oh, yeah yeah and it's um it's the same style stop motion that this movie is and I yeah. was like is that like a an Isle of Dogs prequel like. <laughs> Like a the Nick Fury moment, and is is that what's going on here with the wolf? And is he gonna go uh, live on the Isle of Dogs or something? Again, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know. Uh, eventually, the uh, fox does get his blown off tail back. That's a whole big plot element. Is that the the kid, uh, his son, is gonna go try to get the tail back, and mm-hmm. uh, ends up they end up getting captured. And then they all have to go save Christofferson, who got captured trying to help get the tail back. Um, but ultimately, they save Christofferson, and they do get the tail back. And then he attaches it to, like, he has some sort of clasp mechanism that pins it to his pants, and he wears his old tail on his pants. That is not in the it's book. It's not in the book? Okay, that was weird. <laughs> that was pretty weird, yeah. That was weird. I, I mean, it's kind of, a, again, it was, it, I think what it is is that this is, this movie felt a lot like all of the worst parts of Wes Anderson of in terms of like weird for quirky for quirkiness sake. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's more maybe maybe it's that all works better in a medium where actors where we have physical real people on screen and they can like emote emote and do yeah. like interesting things that feel like. And it makes it all maybe feel a little more like surreal and weird and funny, Mm -hmm. like seeing an actual like for this. And I'm I was wondering the whole time watching the movie if that was part of what was disconnecting for me is that the normal, weird, quirky uh, funness of like Wes Anderson didn't feel like it translated in the performances Mm -hmm. in the same way when we have this stop motion. Like it felt, I felt like this weird disconnect between what I was supposed to feel watching the scenes versus what I was actually feeling because of we're watching clay stop motion uh, uh, puppets or whatever. Yeah. And I was wondering if maybe that was part of the problem. No, I think that's a valid point. I think you lose, like, like animation is great, and I love animation, yeah. and don't get me wrong, and animation can totally be very emotive. Well, and stop motion, stop motion can be, like, yeah. like uh, all of Leica's films, uh, like I said, Kubo and Two Strings in particular, I think, mm-hmm. does a fantastic job of it. My point specifically is about the style of humor and... Right. Oddballness in a Wes Anderson movie. I don't know if that works. No, I think I think maybe you're right. I haven't because Isle of the Dogs is his only other stop motion animated one, right? And I haven't seen that one either. But I mean, maybe in order to work, his kind of style and that kind of quirky, weird comedy thing, maybe it does need 
live action. That's what like, I was maybe wondering. you need the actor there as like a buffer yeah. to make it work. That's what I was wondering. And that's what it felt like to me because there are moments that I laughed and chuckled out loud at this movie, but it wasn't as much as I would normally laugh at, I think at a Wes Anderson movie, uh-huh. like, uh, I, like bottle rocket or something. I remember finding quite hilarious and this one, and that was a different time and I was different, found different things funny, I'm sure. But still it just felt very, uh, Royal Tenenbaums. I think is a really hilarious movie. Uh, I haven't seen any either of those in a long time, but um, but yeah, it, it was just very strange to me, and I wondered if that maybe had something to do with it. Yeah, but. maybe. I, I think that's a good thesis potentially. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, do they end up living in a sewer and stealing from a grocery store? Kind of, not really. No, but. Um, the, the ending of the movie and the ending of the book do sort of end up in the same place because they do, at the end of the book, ultimately decide to stay underground, but they're in the tunnels and not like in the sewer and they're stealing from the farms and not a grocery store. So like, yes, but no. Yes, but no. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, they kind of wanted to go with the same idea of an ending, but they wanted to, but they wanted a third act. Right, they so needed they... to build off of what was, like, this book is, let me just see, uh, this book is 81 pages, it has very large print, and lots of illustrations. Yeah. I think potentially an important thing to remember with the book, and with how, like, spare and simple it is, is that this did start as, like, a bedtime story that yeah. he told to his kids. Yeah. And that's that's fair. I you know I because I, I thought about that and I you know when I was thinking and as I was watching the movie and I've as I've been reflecting on it and thinking about how uh, sort of annoyed I was that I felt like it wasn't saying anything. Um, I I I fully admit and and understand that stories don't always have to say something. Like mm-hmm. they can just be a a fun story for kids about a thieving fox. Like yeah. It doesn't have to say anything. It just feels like, especially when you're adapting a movie. I think if you're going to adapt it and you're going to take it and you're going to try to make it better and elevate it, then yeah, yeah it needs I to say I feel like something. it needs to say something. I feel like a, a 50 page or whatever, 30 page kids book doesn't necessarily have to have mm-hmm. a suit. Like not all of them. Some of yeah. them, I, some of them need to. And so, I mean, a lot but, of them I do, mean, right? this one. And, and obviously Roald Dahl does. But, yeah, things. this is, I think, an outlier right. for Roald Dahl. Because if you look at stuff like Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. James and the Giant Peach, those yeah. all have very clear messages. Right. And positive messages yeah. as well. Yeah. And this one is just kind of like a fun, short little right. romp. Right. And I guess, you know what? I guess kudos to the movie in the regards that it that it does reflect that to some extent. Like, yeah. that it doesn't. Yeah. I guess you could argue that it is a good thing that it doesn't inject some sort of message that. Depending on what you're looking for. Dep- you know what I mean? Like, it, does it doesn't accurately reflect that from there, the book. It does inject a bit of a message, like we talked about with the whole differences making a stronger thing. And, and, and that's, I like that message. I just don't think the message is done well, it yeah. particularly. No, and, I agree. I just don't think it delivers in a way that's like satisfying in the movie. Um, but you could argue that, yeah, the fact that they don't go in and like turn Fantastic Mr. Fox into a. Uh, 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 a critique of capitalism or something is uh-huh. like, which they, I mean, there are elements of that in in the in the movie at times with you know sort of the farming industry and that sort of thing. There are definitely elements of it, but they, they don't lean hard into it, and which to me is just lazy and boring. Like when right. you don't lean into any of that, like 
again, I'm trying to go at it from two sides. One, cool, they didn't they didn't put their own spin on Roald Dahl's story. They didn't go in and be like, this is about capitalism and how it's horrible. But like, <laughs> do something. Like, uh-huh. do something with your movie. Don't just, uh, I don't know. No, that one's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah. It's it just <laughs> I just wish that it did something, and I felt like it didn't. All right, that's it for uh, was that in the book and uh, Brian Rants. <laughs> Probably not done with that part yet. But, um, I I really and I'm really truly interested to hear what people have to say about this movie. If you liked it or if you didn't like it, uh, I want to know why or why not because I again I wanted to like it and I I just it didn't didn't do it um but so please express if you're like oh i love it because of this and because i got this message out of her because i felt this yeah. way about it or if you're just like i loved it because it was kind of fun and looked cool like that's fine yeah. too and i get that it did look cool and it was kind of fun um but i just i want to know no i think you're you've made a valid point that like you are definitely the kind of person who wants there to be a message yeah and maybe somebody else who isn't looking for that would have a cool fun time yeah. watching this movie yeah and i'm not like i'm not saying there has to be a super overt message because like i loved uh avengers endgame overall and that movie doesn't have uh it has messages mm-hmm. it has things it's saying throughout but it doesn't have like an overt like deep like super mm-hmm. impactful message that like when i walked out of avengers endgame i was like Man, I really got to reflect on uh, on uh, you know other, some Marvel movies have more than others uh, colonialism and stuff in, in Black Panther and, right. and 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 they all comment on different things and Avengers Endgame does comment on things but I can go into a movie and just be like cool let's watch some cool mm-hmm. stuff happen but I also need to identify or care about the characters at all which in this one I felt like I didn't because I didn't like George Clooney his son was kind of interesting but okay. Like, I, I just, I, I felt like there was nothing for me to latch on to in this movie to get me through it mm-hmm. in terms of, like, what I liked about it. Other than, like, visually, it's kind of neat looking, but also it's not as gorgeous as a Leica film. It's not even close. And it's, um, it's, it's not as interesting stop motion as, like, Mary and Max, which is all this, bla- it's, like, all black and white with, like, sparse color and it's a very interesting, distinct style. This one is kind of somewhere in between, and it just looks like a Wes Anderson movie with puppets. And it's like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And it's kind of cool. It's cool. Uh, anyways, I thought we ended the Brian Rant segment. Boy, did we not. I feel um, like every segment might be Brian Rant's segment. I'm going to try not to so we can get this thing <laughs> done with. Let's talk about uh, Lost in Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow, was a lost. Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. Yeah, let's. So, this was weird. I need you to explain this to me. In this movie, there's the scene where the rat dies. Mm-hmm. So the rat has been working for the farmer, uh, and has betrayed his species. His, I don't even know. His kind, his I don't kind, know. His kind, which was a weird message again. Weird yeah. messaging if we looked at it in a lefty anti-capitalist kind of way we could say he's betrayed the yeah his class the right. yeah class. the working class and that's fair and that i thought maybe it was kind of what they're going for but 
doesn't it just does it did, none of it's yeah. written in any way that's succinct enough to to deliver right, it, on it any, doesn't really we can try to look at it through a bunch of different lenses but none of them really pan out none of them really pan out in any way that's satisfying which is thing. what's super exactly what's super <laughs> frustrating about it is that like i can kind of find little bits here and there of, of every different way to look at sort of different uh elements of it and and, and kind of reflect on it in that way but none of them pan out in a way that makes me go yeah that's probably what they were going for i'm just like maybe i don't um, but anyways so he's, he's working for the farmers uh as a security and uh at one point in the end of the movie he fights the fox mm-hmm. uh but and ends up dying by getting electrocuted i think i think so because yeah. he gets electrocuted we see in that fight scene uh and then um, they, he's dying on the ground and they come over to him and he, as he's dying, he gasps, he tells them that, uh, he's like, all I wanted was cider. Yeah. All I wanted was cider. And he also tells them where the kid is. Yeah. He says, all I wanted was cider. And this definitely feels like you said, a little bit of a leftist critique of like him, uh, betraying uh, all money, you know, yeah. that cider kind of, it's gold. It's, you know, yeah. I get and, and he says it's literally liquid gold. So like I get sort of that element of it. Um, I think there's oh I don't I can't even get into like all the layers of, of weird leftist critique of this in, in terms of like the the problematic element of like yes uh, uh there's too much there to digest and that is yeah. interesting and I think there's stuff to talk about but it's also potentially problematic because you could also read this as a I think you could read this as a weird like uh know your place proletariat mm-hmm and you are the proletariat, stay the proletariat, live underground, be happy there. Yeah. No. Yeah, the message you know is I mean? a little bit conflicting. That's what I mean. That's what I that's what drives me insane about this movie is that I, I feel like because if you try to rise above and now but they don't even smash this if they broke the system, which maybe that's when they started firebombing shit. I was like, all right, movie, let's see where you're going with this. Are we going to break the wheel? But they don't break the wheel. They just <laughs> live under the wheel and steal from it eventually and every now and then. And I, I was like, I don't understand what your message is. I don't get it. Okay. All right. Anyways. I um, kind of wish we were filming. Right. Like I wish I a little bit wish. Anybody we were who watches Good Bad or Bad Bad knows what I look like right yeah, now. Yeah, so. you know exactly what he looks like right now. <laughs> um, but anyways, so getting back to my point about the rat, as he's dying, he says, "I just want to taste that cider," and they go, "Oh, well, luckily there's some right here," and they scoop what appears to be sewage. Again, mm-hmm. they're in the sewer. Up in their hands and feed it to him, and he goes, "Ah, that's the stuff," or whatever, and then dies. And now, I, I, I again, I know this isn't in the book. No, no. So this is a lost in adaptation in terms of like, let's try like, to figure this what out. Were they going? For? Did they feed him actual sewage in that moment? I guess so. I mean, it is sure it supposed to be like funny? Maybe. Is it supposed to be sad? Maybe. Is it? Is the message that? Sewage can taste like cider if if you're if half you're dead, dying. If you've been electrocuted and all your taste buds are dead. And like I get the idea in that scene is like, oh, they're giving him his die. He's he, let, let's just placate him as he's dying. But they sure. literally like couldn't somebody have just had some water or something. It feels weird because here's the thing about this movie is in this moment they're trying to like give us an emotional reaction. Uh, it, this is supposed to be a somewhat emotional scene in the sense of like um, 
he he's felt like he's betrayed. Uh, he 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 has this moment of redemption. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to we're supposed to feel at least something because he tells them uh, uh, the, where the kid is being hid, and this is sort of a redemption moment for him. And they even say that explicitly in the movie about like he rede- you know he had this moment of redemption. But then in that moment they feed him sewer water. Right. And tell him it's cider. And I don't get if that's supposed to be funny or what I'm supposed to what what I'm supposed to get out of that scene. It it feels like everything. I. All right. Uh, I just mm. don't get it. <laughs> I, I can't help you with this one. All right. I don't know. OK. OK. I'm sorry. Right, that's fine. <laughs> Moving on, if you know if the sewage thing was it was sewage, was it actually sewage that they fed him, or was it just supposed to be like murky looking water? But it, to me, it looked like sewage. And if it was sewage, what am I supposed to feel in that scene? <laughs> Tell me how I'm supposed to feel watching that scene. Am I supposed to laugh, but then immediately be sad, but then also feel happy that he redeemed himself? Or am I supposed to just laugh and move on? Or am I not supposed to care and not think about it because it's because it's it's just a silly movie? Like what? Anyways, um, oh, your next this question next thing is just everything is we've been just, talking yeah. about for the last hour, uh, which is what is this about? Like, what's the message? Survival, finding happiness in in bad situations. Was this? I legitimately didn't know when this was written because I don't know when Roald Dahl was was prolific or whatever. And I was like, was this written for wartime kids? Because that was the thing that made the most sense to me. If that if this story was written for children living in like war torn, war bombed out like London during the <laughs> Blitz or something, and they're like living underground, like living in their basement and like. We can be happy down here together, and you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah that I was like, okay, at least that. If, the, if in that context, that kind of makes sense to me. At least yeah. what where they yeah. were going for. Um, it was published in the seventies. So no. So no. Well, I guess the Cold War. But I War guess Cold War, yeah, a potentially. Little, but it's a little nah. Yeah. But maybe, but maybe it was an idea that he had conceived of earlier. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it, like it was a story that he said he he told to his kids, so and I don't know like exactly what that timeline looks yeah. like of like when his well, kids were very young. You know versus what? When he actually wrote this down and published when it. When you say that uh, a story he told to his kids makes perfect sense for this story in the sense of like when if I'm making up a story to tell to my kids, yeah, I'm not thinking of like thematically no, no, you know no, what i mean no, 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 I'll, no. I'm, I'm doing an a to a to b to c to d yeah. these are things that happened there was a fox yeah. he was a hungry fox he lived in a hole in the seats of our pants he lived here. in a hole under a tree uh one day he saw these three farmers across the street and he was hungry so he decided he was gonna break into each of their farms and steal their products or whatever and then so he goes to the first farm and he steals their chickens and they're delicious and he goes to the second like sure that makes perfect sense but then so if I guess wish I could go back in time and have somebody sit me down before I watch this movie and go, there's no point. And I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Like, or, do you want me to start telling you when the book doesn't have a point so that you're prepared? I, I, I would want to know before going into the movie that the movie doesn't have a point um, or doesn't have a, an interesting message. Uh, again, uh, not I, I'm not saying for anybody who loves this movie or lo- it's not. Uh, 
there are messages, there are moments of interesting thematic stuff throughout the movie at times, but there, it, none of them really go anywhere satisfying for me. Uh, and never really or or they either don't go anywhere satisfying or they get to somewhere satisfying without any of the setup to make them satisfying. So anyways. Alright, All right. that's enough lost in adaptation. Let's go on to better in the book. You like to read? Oh yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Okay, cool. My three segments. <sighs> we Sorry. Can, we can I'll speed try to stop. I'll try to stop talking. <laughs> All right. I didn't want this. I wanted it to be a nice, fun episode about how delightful this movie was. So did I. So did I. But alas. Okay. Better in the book. Um, Better in the book sometimes is complaints about the movie. That is kind of the case this time. I only have a couple points under each of my segments. Um, so the movie gimmick where they like suddenly become animalistic is like a little bit weird to me. I didn't quite understand what the movie was trying to convey to me through that. Oh boy. So. Just add that to the list of I don't get what you're trying to make me feel, Wes Anderson. <laughs> what am I supposed to feel? It sorry. Sorry. I just sorry. like I just didn't really get it. Um yeah. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. Um, the movie has this conceit that he was supposed to have like given up stealing and then he starts again. Um, and that's definitely like, I think a more fleshed out version of events than what the book does, but it is like kind of a big part of the story that he's been consistently robbing these guys for years, right. which I feel like makes their reaction make a little bit more sense yeah yeah because in the movie they just get robbed once and they're like and they're like we're burning it all yeah down. we're gonna we're gonna murder we're, all of these animals <laughs> right we're just gonna destroy everything because this fox took a couple of our chickens yeah but like in the book it's like he goes out every night and right. he steals He's from been, them yeah this is like slow burn build of them yeah like yeah we have to do something um, rat's death scene, weird, not in the book, didn't care for it. Um, and then the aside scene with the wolf, which I didn't understand the point of, aside from being, like, kind of amusing, maybe. I didn't know what this the is, message was. This is the thing. This is, again, I'm not going to go off for too long, but this is the thing. That's exactly it, is I just, I, I... I didn't know I'm, what the message was, and I didn't know how it connected to anything else. I'm usually, and I'm usually pretty good at sussing that stuff out. I feel like we're both usually pretty good at that. We're both. I have two English degrees. Yes, you have two English degrees. I have a film degree. I we've watched lots of movies, read lots of books. We've had lots of in-depth discussions about thematic elements and stories. It was the entire point of our Harry Potter series, and what we talked yeah, about is yeah, the thematic yeah. elements in that series yeah. and what the movies got wrong. It's 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 uh, all of the. All of the meta, con all of the meta content that we consume about media is people commenting on thematic and 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 all of the meaningful elements of stories, and 
And so it's something we're really keyed into and focus mm-hmm. on. And I, and when we can't suss out what the point is or what the message is or what the meaning or what I'm supposed to be feeling in this moment, it feels like a failure of the filmmaker. And now you can be like, oh, it's supposed to be ambiguous. And that can be yeah. fine. And there are times where that can work. But again, I would want to reiterate that this is supposed to be a kid's movie to some extent. <laughs> this is a kid's story. This is kind of a kid's movie that shouldn't be... I shouldn't go into that expecting some weird, ambiguous, uh, impossible to suss out thematic elements that I'm like, what is the point of this? Right. Well, and the the thing to me is that, like, not everything has to have, like we said, not everything has to have this, like, grand message or overarching point. I understand that, and I'm not saying that everything does, what bothered me more so was that I didn't understand how a lot of these different little elements connected. Like I don't get how the scene with the wolf and like him being afraid of wolves connected to anything Anything else. else. Anything else. Or even his character. Yeah. Like, so let's try to just, to dive down on that a little bit, that specific example, just a little bit. So the, throughout the movie, he comments about how he's afraid of wolves, right? right. Numerous times he's scared of wolves because he keeps thinking uh, uh, the Kylie or whatever will say like wolf or whatever. He'll be like, yeah. wolves? Who's talking? What? Why are there wolves? What? And he's clearly scared of wolves. And if the movie had some sort of, if his character had some sort of overarching plot or or, or thematic element of him overcoming fear or something... Mm-hmm. then that would make sense and that but so if the plot somehow tied into to the fox overcoming his fear right then the wolf thing would make now i guess maybe you could try to maybe argue that the plot is about fox overcoming his fear of being um uh um what's the word uh like not special, not not special, or not uh, not um, recognized, not yeah, uh, uh, of being unimportant or whatever. Right. Not unimportant necessarily is the right word, but being um, sort of uh, meaningless or whatever. Um, and so he's stealing chickens to feel more alive, and he wants to move above ground to be, be to have a higher stature and to sort of be more interesting. And that uh, and so those are kind of hit, those are uh, like more. Uh, um, those are more uh, subtle manifestations of his fear, whereas the wolf is a, a like legitimate, concrete, literal, physical, literal yeah. manifestation of his fear. And thus him not being scared of the wolf at the end is is showing us as the viewers that he has overcome his fears in general. It just feels like that's a real wishy-washy read of the, of the messaging of this movie. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I had to really like... It feels like a reach. It feels like a reach. And again, I shouldn't have to reach in a story. I feel like I shouldn't have to reach for something like that in a story about that's for kids. That's for, again, I keep saying it's for kids, but it kind of is for kids. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't because they're not going to remotely suss that out. No. And so, uh, yeah. Anyways. So I uh, maybe that's what the wolf's about. I was just trying to do something with it and be like, <laughs> maybe that is what they're going for there. But anyways, that was all you had for better in the book. Yeah. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. 
Happy endings only happen in the movies. Let's talk about better in the um, movie. Better in the movie. I liked that we got a little bit of like background story for Mr. and Mrs. Fox. Thought that was cute. Yeah. Uh, I liked that we met up with the other forest animals before like the story proper really started. Um, because in the book, it's just the foxes until they get underground and then they start running into other people. Yeah. Animals. Um, the uh, fox... Versus human, like, two years, 12 fox years. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Um, I mentioned that the movie doubled down on the idea of it being, like, a heist. Yeah. I thought that was a good addition. That was when it was most fun to me. Yeah. But. Um, it expanded the story quite a bit. Um, the movie gives this a third act. I mentioned that the book stops when they're having their yeah. feast underground. Um, and I, I don't probably not agree with like every decision that the movie made um but i think pushing it past just the animals digging up underneath the farms yeah. probably makes sense yeah no i yeah i think so too um and then the addition of um some of the named cubs ash and christopherson the dynamic between them and mr fox fleshes out the characters again not sure i agree with every decision that they made there um but it is like more fleshed out and a little more interesting yeah all right that was it for better in the movie let's move on to the movie nailed it as i expected practically perfect in every way um the introductions of the farmers bogus bunts and bean they're still all like Almost verbatim yeah. from the book. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling in that moment. It felt like it felt I just very felt Roald like Dahl. this is from, yeah. yeah, this felt like Roald Dolls. felt like it was right out of a book. Um, and then the children's little creepy song about the farmers, which was stuck in my head all night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is from the book. That's from the intro of the movie, right? Yeah. The big opening of the movie before like the opening credits. They show it on the screen oh. and then later on they, yeah, like, yeah. Badger plays a, a yeah. tune of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Fox losing his tail. Mm-hmm. Um, all the digging. Uh, the farmers, they start digging with shovels, and then they bring um, the terrible tractors, um, and the foxes have to dig to get away. Um, and then the farmers, like, completely and utterly destroying the landscape in order to try and catch him is directly from the book. Um, and then uh, I mentioned this, but, like, despite, like, that extra third act and a lot of, like, the deviations that the movie takes, it doesn't end dissimilarly to the book. Uh, they still uh, decide to just live underground because they have this free access to a massive store of food. And at the end of the book, the farmers are just sitting around waiting for them to come back up. All right. Yeah. So that's the same. What about the... Mostly. Did, you have a Did note? I miss something? No. I just thought uh, you had a mention about the art style in general being like... Oh, I have something about that in my final draft. Oh, okay. I thought I remember reading something about yeah. that. All right, uh, that's it for the movie Nailed It. We have a few little things to talk about in odds and ends, so we'll do that before we get to the final verdict. Do we want to like talk about the like the art a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I actually completely agree with your note about this movie. It makes me feel like autumn. I was yeah. like, well, because it's it's, it's purely it's autumnal. Like... Uh, yeah, it's all those autumnal colors. Yeah, and they uh, there's their their moment where they're preparing for the feast. Very much felt like a, a Thanksgiving or Halloween. Mm-hmm. They have like 
it's not holly, but they have some sort of plants hung, you know, garlandy plants hung up on mm-hmm. the ceiling and that sort of thing. And it very much felt like this movie um, would and be one of those ones they would like, play around Thanksgiving time. Yeah. It looked like whenever they were outside, it looked like it was kind of crisp yeah. and cool, but like yeah. still sunny. Yeah. And like I did nice wonder. autumn day. I legitimately wondered if I would like this, would have liked this movie more if we watched it in the fall. Maybe we I legitimately, legitimately thought that might be like a factor if like because I'm like just hot and miserable and like yeah. all day. And then I like if it was a nice crisp fall day and I watched this movie, I'd be like, yeah, feels great. You know what? I think we should try it again. I, I 100% think we should watch this movie again. I, I felt think, the same. Here's way. what I think we should do. Um, and you guys can offer your support of this. Yeah. I don't want to hear any naysayers. <laughs> um, I think we should, on a nice crisp fall day, we should have a picnic. Okay. And we should eat, like, cheese and grapes and things like that. And, like, and a loaf cider. of crusty bread <laughs> and watch this, like, outside. I agree. I agree. I now, again, maybe then I'll be in a cheerful <laughs> fall uh, mood. Um I wasn't in a bad mood when we watched this movie. I was no, in a you didn't fine seem mood. Like no, you were. I wasn't. I wasn't. Like I said, I, I didn't like go into this movie like in a bad mood or anything. I just, um, but I do wonder if seasonally, like again, like I, I enjoy a Christmas story more during Christmas, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like during that time of year, uh, I, I, I do wonder if I watch this. And now it's not explicitly a Thanksgiving or a, or even a fall or whatever movie, but right, but it, it does have that. It does have that the vibe feel to it, that and vibe, so maybe yeah. I would like it more that time of year. So we'll have to try that in a few months, maybe. I was also, I was wondering uh, the fight scene between Fox and Rat, which was done in like still frame yeah, with flashes. Yeah, with the lights flashing. The, yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if that was like a strategic choice, because I, surely it's easier to do something like that in stop motion than to animate a whole fight. I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was stylistically... Uh, because that, that happens, you know, as a filmmaker, <laughs> um, you, you, there's definitely something you, you'll do is you'll, you, you'll, you, there are a lot of times there are happy accidents, and maybe not accidents, but there are happy little things that'll happen while you're, you're, you're trying to come up with a way to do something easier or quicker or uh, more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And that can sometimes turn into a, an interesting and cool stylistic choice that works well. This one may have just been it, and and sometimes it go it can go both directions where you can do something that stylistically you think is going to look really cool, and it turns out oh this is actually also going to make it a lot easier to do this mm-hmm. than than if we just animated the whole fight. Or other times you might be like, oh boy, we really it's gonna what if what's a way we could do this fight scene that is going to save us a lot of time? Yeah. Oh, what if like the lights are flashing and we only see parts of it and. I think it works in this movie overall, and so, and, but sometimes that can be an obvious shortcut. I don't mm-hmm. think it felt like an obvious shortcut or like an obvious cheat in this movie. Um, I felt like it fit in very well, just kind of overall. With no, the I style. don't. I don't think no, no, it no, like know, stuck yeah. out or anything. It was just something that I thought of. Yeah, while we it, were but yeah, it definitely scene. would make it. It's definitely a, an easier, cheaper way to yeah animate a fight scene is to only see eight frames of it instead of a hundred <laughs> yeah, or fifty or still whatever. Frames. <laughs> yeah, instead of one hundred and fifty <laughs> or whatever. Oh, and then you had a note about the smoke from the fires. I thought the smoke from the fire was really cool. Yeah, it looked cool. It it's like, like cotton. Yeah, it looked like cotton. But the way they animated it coming up, it, mm-hmm. and I was like, how in the world did they do that? Like, it looks so cool. And I mean, I know it's stop motion. They're just pulling and 
they're yeah, like, it's pulling like and rolling removing it and, it. and yeah, I, I get it, but it just, it was super cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like super on board with anytime anything caught on fire. Uh, I was like super stunned by that visually. You know what? That kind of made me think of like that specific instance when you could like kind of tell what it was made out of. Yeah. The I Spy books. Yeah. When they would do like scenes. Yeah, yeah. I loved those books. Uh, I watched a really interesting documentary about the guy that made those, who yeah. took the pictures. It's fascinating. Did you watch this without? It me? wasn't a full documentary. It was like a ten-minute YouTube video or something. But it you was didn't fascinating. Send it to me. No, nah, I didn't realize you loved the I Spy books. But uh, yeah, there's a there's like a ten-minute documentary about the guy who made them and about how he That's staged them. Dope. And yeah, it's cool. He makes his own book series now. That's the same thing, but it's oh. just a different name or something hmm. like that. Do we need to talk about? I don't any, think we need to talk about this? any of this other no, stuff because we, we mentioned we, it all. Uh, we got a lot of this. Yeah, we I did kind of want to know where the small motorcycle came from because that came out of nowhere. Yeah, but I, was, I guess it doesn't it's, matter. It's funny. It does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That was the least of my concerns where that stupid little small <laughs> motorcycle came from. But all right, that was it for odds and ends. We're gonna get to the final verdict, Katie. What do you think? Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. Um, so I'm finding myself torn here. I don't really want to give it to one or the other because I had different issues with both the book and the movie. My main issue with the book is that it's kind of sparse and boring. Like, there's just not much to it. Um, now, to be totally fair, I didn't read this book as a kid, yeah. so I don't have any fond childhood memories of it. Um, I did try to imagine what young Katie would have thought of it, and honestly, I still think I would have been pretty unsatisfied. Um, I was an early reader to the shock of probably no one, um, and I was reading like more complex stories with more fleshed out worlds more quickly, so I skipped a lot of like quote-unquote beginner type stuff um so i like i did read books about anthropomorphic animals but like it was redwall yeah okay um my main issue with the movie aside from everything else we talked about um was that i felt like it focused on style over substance which isn't necessarily a bad thing but i think it can become so when you don't just go with it and instead try to shoehorn in a theme or a message at the end without taking the time to build those through lines Um, i feel like that's what happened here and to me that comes off as sloppy storytelling and i think that's a shame because i actually do think that wes anderson's like aesthetic is kind of perfect for a rolled doll book if you just take still frames from this yeah. movie it's a um, perfect great it's a great. beautiful movie i'm not yeah, no dissing the i visuals, i think his though. style emphasizes that like storybook aspect of it because of the way that yeah. the shots are set yeah, up yeah, yeah, for sure. and it also like it looks just a teeny bit kooky and like off without totally misunderstanding doll's original mood and aesthetic like some other <laughs> Dr. Seuss movies that we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's difficult to make a decision uh, when you feel kind of equally unenthusiastic <laughs> about both the book and the movie. Um, I think I am going to give it to the movie because at least the movie had interesting visuals. Um, but please understand that I have no strong feelings <laughs> about this one way or the other. Um, so my apologies 
fantastic Mr. Fox stands. It just wasn't my bottle of cider. There you go. Yeah, that was I. I this this one was weird. I I don't, I don't have a lot else to say. Um, I'm not gonna you everything you said it perfectly in your final verdict. Uh, I I just I want to reiterate again for any of the fans out there because I know people were excited about this. I, yeah, I don't I like I don't want you guys to feel like we're just shitting on this no, movie. No, it just wasn't for us it just didn't do anything for me and maybe like you said like maybe we just approached it the wrong way maybe it's possible wanting to like look for a message and maybe that's not what this is about maybe there's not really a message there but i it just yeah it just didn't do anything for either of us to me when you're gonna when i'm gonna watch a 90 minute movie i i i I, not that again it doesn't have to have like some overarching huge message but i is I've talked about this numerous times, but there's things in a movie that when the sum of the parts or when, so you have all these different elements of a movie that start adding up. And eventually once all of those things get enough, uh, once the levels of each of these different elements get high enough, I'm like, this is a good movie and I like this. And so those elements are different things like the acting cinematography, mm-hmm. uh, the art style, uh, the, the, the music, the, um, uh, the, the the action sequences, mm-hmm. the jokes, the comedy, uh, and then the thematic storytelling, the themes, the messages. Uh, is it telling? Is it saying anything interesting? All of those different, and there's even more. But those are just you know. Could you perhaps make a bar chart for us? <laughs> you could. Um, so all of those different things, but it wouldn't be a bar because well, so all of those different things, and once one of those things can be really low. Like if your uh-huh. your cinematography could be pretty freaking low. But if your actor's performances are incredible and the thematic message is incredible, then I can think this is an amazing movie still, even if the cinematography and I could list off a million different examples that have different things that are balanced this way and that about what I think makes a really good movie in terms of like the different things and balanced all over the place. This one, the only thing that was above the line of what got to a good movie for me was the visual style, was Mm -hmm. the cinematography, quote unquote. Uh, the way the movie looked that alone again playing this movie with sound off cool this is beautiful this is really neat to look at i'm enjoying this but every other element of the storytelling to me fell completely flat so i it just there you go yeah there you go that's it for this episode of this film is lit as always you can follow us and berate us on facebook (laughs) twitter instagram or goodreads if you completely disagreed which I saw, I think it was Shelby, somebody commented, and I, never has a comment been more prophetic, potentially. I think it was Shelby commented on Twitter that I have a feeling this one's going to be divisive. Yeah. And that was before we watched the movie, or before I watched it, because I was like, really? Shelby, number one fan, knows us better than we know ourselves. I was like, really? Is it going to be divisive? (laughs) I feel like we're going to be like, wow, what a cute movie. That was fun. Oh, the movie's slightly better because it's cool, because it looks neat. Like, but holy cow, was... (laughs) I... Because again, I guess I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't I, critically. It looked like it had great reviews. Oh, IMDb. It's like okay. It's got like a seven point something. So uh-huh. maybe there is some like diversity of opinion there. That's kind of pulling it more towards a seven as opposed to like an eight or something. But anyways, 
I wasn't expecting that or the reaction I had or the reaction we had in general, and I'm really interested to see everybody else's reaction. Yeah, I reaction. guess we'll find out. We'll find out. So uh, <laughs> We'll have them s- polls up in a day or two. All the social medias, let us know what you think about uh, our opinions on this. Um, and uh, uh, if you could do us a favor, rate and review us. Uh, maybe not based on this episode, potentially. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how you feel. Or if you loved it. If you loved, if you hated Fantastic Mr. Fox, you might love this episode. If you're like, I've been waiting 10 years for somebody to come at Fantastic Mr. Fox, you may go give us that five-star review. This may be your lucky day. Um, but uh, otherwise, maybe wait wait it out until we get to an episode where we're a little more positive. Uh, but anyways, uh, you can you can do that on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to us. Katie, what's up next? All right. So up next, um, I had... <laughs> planned for us to do it to coincide with the part two movie coming out. Um, and as it turns out, I don't have time to read no, it. <laughs> it's like a thousand pages. It's a thousand page book. So apologies to anyone who saw that on Goodreads to our like yeah. 10 Goodreads followers. Yeah. Um, and we're maybe like looking forward. We're not going to do it. Um, but at least not now. Yeah, not now. Um, I am substituting it out with a different Stephen King. We are going to do Children of the Corn. Ooh, we haven't. Yeah, we haven't yeah. done a horror movie in a while. Yeah, we haven't. The last one we did was uh, the last one we did was also called? Stephen King. It was Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery which we also which hated. was horrible. Yeah, we also <laughs> hated that movie. But so did a lot of other people. Yeah, that one was less controversial <laughs> yeah. opinion, probably. But all right, um, so that's a short story. Um, so I'm hoping it will not be too bad of a read. Yeah. Um, and then we will rent the movie. Yeah, cool. All right, so Children of the Corn, look out for that one coming out in two weeks. And we'll have a prequel episode in between mm-hmm. that uh, in between that and now and then. Uh, and until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being awesome. awesome. Keep being fantastic. Well, that's right. You were gonna I was going to say that, but then I hated the movie, so <laughs> it felt like I shouldn't felt, say that. It felt cheap. <laughs> felt cheap. Yeah. Because I was. It, then I get it. So, but I said it anyway. So, I'm just going to leave all this in, and then please uh, do. The episode will end now. Yeah.